We dedicate this season to friend of the pod, Christian Salisbury, a life and talent taken from the herd way too early. He will be remembered for his speed and agility, but most of all, his smile and infectious enthusiasm. If you're able, go to the link in the description and donate to the Christian Salisbury Memorial Fund and help more kids like Christian find their way to professional football. Carry that rock in peace, my friend. You will be missed. Time to huddle up. It's the Turf District Podcast. Welcome back to the Turf District, where we huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL. And we're a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm Andrew, and welcome to Turf District Tuesdays number two. Uh, we have an amazing show for you this evening. Thank you for tuning in on YouTube Live or downloading the podcast if uh, that's the way you're tuning in. Uh, if you could do us a favor and share uh, that on your social so that everybody can find us for more shows as we get closer to the season. And also, if you could just hit the subscribe button right down there, and uh, then you'll know when we're live. And uh, that would be great because we guys we want you guys to join in and be part of the herd and part of the gang as we're talking about all of the things that are coming up to this season. Boy, uh, an exciting uh, few weeks to talk about that we uh, will get to get right away. Uh, but first, let's bring in the usual gang, starting with Super Fan Mike. Like and subscribe, y'all. There they are. Lovely. How you doing, Super Fan? It's good. Yeah, like you said, it's been a pretty impressive couple of weeks going on the last bit. So uh, yeah. I think we'll find a few things to talk about. Maybe a couple. We uh, we did also get uh, you know a chance to um, uh, you know hang out for not the Super Bowl or That's not right. the Grey Cup, not the Grey Cup. It was. I was gonna awesome. say no. Oh, it was I, the Super Bowl. Now I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah, no, not the Grey Cup. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. Uh, yeah, I mean the game itself was you know it was uh, the ending could have gone either way there for a bit and then it didn't. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know, I, I'm not a big it's fan football. of the last couple of minutes of an NFL game versus. When you're so used to a CFL game. Yeah, that's and, true. You know, you can have like 21 points scored in the last two minutes, but not quite in the NFL. So no, not not as much. No. Nope. Yeah. Oh well. Whatever. You know, we we got to hang out and eat food. Yeah, exactly. Really. That's the important part. <laughs> scares beyond that. We got to watch other football. We got to watch good football as well. We, we did, yes. Yeah, before yeah, the game. We, we so, did watch good. some good football before. That's very true. Yes. Uh thank you again for having us. Yeah. Uh let's also bring in Commissioner Kayla in her own turf district. Woohoo. Fancy. Kitty South. Lots of stuff to still obviously a like huge like blank wall, but in time, in time. It'll all come together. That's like what it. matters. <laughs> I like it. It's it's hey. it's fantastic. Um it's definitely different color scheme. It is. Yeah. But wait, I, when we get like Christmas time, you're going to be back downstairs. So we get to see all the lights and stuff though, right? Like it'll get it all. Fancy. I'll put them in here. Oh, okay. okay. Perfect. <laughs> another excuse for another tree. Yeah. That's, I was going to say, I guess that has never been a big issue for you. So, uh, um, well, we've got, uh, we've got a couple of things, I guess, uh, commissioner, I should ask you right away. Like, are you still floating from free agency day? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, there's like, just, there's no words. I never thought something with this, like this would happen. And here we are. Oh, here we wow. Are. It's exciting. It's exciting. Well, okay. We'll talk about him in a minute. I just, yes. I needed to have the reaction. It was very important. Uh, before we bring our guest in, let me just take 30 seconds. Oh, the talk is going by again. I guess I should learn how to turn that off. Um, I just want to take 30 seconds to let everybody know uh, Westavis is coming 
uh, March 11th, uh, first round downtown. We're hoping all of you can come down and join us. Uh, it will be in the afternoon. The plan is probably from one to five, and uh, but we'll confirm that right away. But we're going to have some prizes. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk some football, have some food and drink together and uh, and enjoy just uh, a chance to all be together as, as we haven't had a chance in a while because our season ended so abruptly so uh join us for west of us on march the 11th market on your calendars now we will be down and uh and happy to share all the fun with you guys uh now let's bring in our guest you, pro you probably know him better as the hype man you probably know him as uh, the hype man videos that come out on game day. Uh, he's always around at Commonwealth. He's always around at the tailgate. Uh, we're so happy we finally have him on the show. It is Coach Vic. Thank you for joining us. Antler up. It's game day. <laughs> there yes. it is. Oh, I was hoping that. Would... You know, I've never been so excited for the podcast to have a hype video as I was this weekend. <laughs> That was that was good. I I had a good time getting that one out there. Yeah, I could only imagine. Now, cool. now it looked cold when you were doing <laughs> it this, this time around. No, no, it was it was only about minus two. It wasn't bad. Okay, all right. Well, now we've known you for a while, but people were kind of only just introduced to you, I think, through the hype videos a lot in the last couple of years, um, and. I, we've really seen it take off. So like, tell us about the emergence of these hype videos and kind of what got you started doing those. Well, uh, I think uh, 2021, 2020, 2021, when, when the team was going through some challenging times, the, uh, the year that shall never be spoken again. Um, <laughs> Fair. All I was, all I was seeing on social media was just negative just it was we're not happy with the name change we're not happy with the way the team's playing we're not happy with uh you know living and breathing around edmonton and i said well why why do we go to games because we don't go to the game to see our team lose uh we don't go to the games to you know expect the bad to happen so why don't i throw something out there that's happy something that's exciting something positive Let's uh, throw something out there that says, I'm excited to go to the game. And so that's how it started. And I really didn't anticipate much from it because I really didn't know where it was going to go. And this the first one that I put out there. I think there was maybe a couple hundred views of it, but it got started. And I'm, the Grey Cup one that I did this year had uh, around four or 5,000 views. Wow. So obviously, obviously people are looking at it and enjoying it. So I'm like, okay, I guess we keep doing it. <laughs> That's outstanding. Uh, we always love to talk to fans, former players, whoever, about their sort of history with Canadian football. So who introduced you to football and when did you fall in love with the game? When I was about eight years old, nine years old, my sister went someplace. I don't even know where she went, but <laughs> there was a big event that happened. And when she came back from the weekend, she gave my brother and I an autographed uh, Edmonton Eskimos card with Ron Estes' name on it. Awesome. Wow. And I, I wish I still had the card. But that was the kickoff. That was like, what does this guy do? Well, he plays football in Edmonton. And then I read the card, and it had some of his details on it. And it was autographed by him. So I thought, well, that's kind of cool. So we started listening to uh, Brian Hall on the radio because we couldn't get very many games back then. That was uh, probably about 50 years ago. And then occasion like we were we were always looking for gray cup because we knew edmonton was going to be there and and that's where it started and then since then the the love affair has never died i i've always always cheered for them always look forward to seeing them and it wasn't only until about four years ago five years ago now 
that I was actually able to buy my first season tickets, which may seem strange, but without knowing it, I've got six kids. We had triplets, and the funds just weren't there to be spent on season tickets. <laughs> it was go go to the go to the Edmonton games or feed my children. <laughs> the children won. Out. So they missed a meal or two. That's all right. <laughs> now they come with me to the games. So it works. I should out. get them to buy me tickets. <laughs> they should at this point. Compensation. Yes, dad tax. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I've only been a season ticket holder. I think for the same amount of time, four or five years. Like last year, I wasn't, um, but I am again this year. So I, I get it. But you've been a fan way longer than me. So <laughs> props to you. I'm also a little older than you. <laughs> little just a few years a lot, a lot. <laughs> i got i got rocks in the backyard older than you come on <laughs> the whole earth uh so you've been a fan for a long time obviously as you just say, said but uh do you have any favorite players from uh, you know let's just make it easier favorite players from i guess every decade that you've been watching Ooh. i think that's fair that is fair oh, oh. wow um going so we got to go back to the 70s the 80s the 90s um obviously ron Este because that was my first card yep first autograph uh that defense back in the 70s leading up to the gray cup runs in the early 80s was monster so so I'm an offensive lineman coach, so when I when I look at players now, I'm thinking of guys like Chris Morris, uh, Bill Stevenson, uh, Heck Pottier. Those are the guys that that I look at. Um, Dan Kepley, uh, Brian Kelly, uh, um, defensively, Larry Highbaugh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those, Just look at that wall of honor. I, I mean, yeah. right there. Oh, I know. I know. Those are those are guys I grew up with. Um, to to see them in action on TV because I never got to a game. I don't think I think the first game I actually ever got to was when I was about 27, 28 years old. So all of that you watch on TV and you follow and you listen to Halsey and Farley and and uh, you know Halsey always you know, oh Farley you didn't get it right you know he, he's running with the ball. I loved it. I absolutely <laughs> loved listening to that. And there was nothing like Brian Hall calling a touchdown. That was, there's nothing like that. But those are the players that I grew up with. And those are the ones that are endearing to me. Tom Wilkinson, Warren Moon. Um, and then when you, when the, the, the 2000s, I just, there was a, there was a time period where I was a little bit busy with kids. So you don't say kind of, <laughs> it, it kind of got fo fo foggy in there, but then, but then you, then when you get to the, to the 2010 beyond, I mean, Mike Riley, Michael Riley, um, to see the hard knocks that guy went through to get to where he's at and to win that great cup, that, that 2015 great cup, Odell Willis, uh, Bowman, those are, names that will always be endearing to me i'll always love those ones and they're current and the the thing that makes those ones even more special is the western final in that year mm -hmm. when that stadium was electric and alive was the very first game that i went to that i took my boys with me and that was the point where they fell in love with the team they fell in love with what was going on and the following year they bought season tickets with me and that was the rest is history oh man that's awesome and it's unforgettable yeah it was it was an unforgettable game that's for sure i i uh i can't wait till you get to do the hype video for when we get back to the cup it's gonna be unreal it's gonna be so good <laughs> um now we've you and I have met uh, a number of times and we've talked about the highs and lows of this team. I mean, we've, we've chatted with each other since probably 2015 and 
um, I, I know we've talked about, okay, well, what, what is the next thing that they have to do? What's the next thing they have to do? And, and I know you are, you're always bringing positivity, which we, we all love. And, but if you had to think about what is the next thing that you'd like to see the team do to get people back in, um, other than win on the field, because we know win on the field definitely counts, but what, what would be that next thing in your mind that says, okay, this is going to help to bring some people back in? Wow. Um, like you said, aside from a W on the board, <laughs> I think what's happening is very, very positive right now. Um, just on family day here, on Sunday here, this weekend, they had a little get-together down at the rec center. Hmm. They're making community contact. They're reaching out. The ticket packages that they're running are extraordinary. $29 for a family of four to go see an, uh, a major stadium event. I'm not just talking about the Edmonton team, our Elks. They're going to see the Elks, but they're going to a major stadium event. And kids love stadium events. Um, the popcorn, the hot dogs, the, the pop, the, the sound, the roar of the crowd, the excitement that goes on with those games. Get them in the stands. Let them experience the stadium. Um, that video I just did here um, last week, the, the rapid walk around the stadium. Oh, I loved it. Wow, experience that. Just experience what it's like. So, so I think that the team is really in the right, moving in the right direction by giving us that opportunity for families to come. Get those tickets. Get in there. See what it's really like. I know where we sit in our seats, it's it's exciting. It's fun. There's, there's so much fun that goes on aside from the game. And I think that's, that's the real positive that I'm seeing with the team right now, um, giving, uh, giving fans the opportunity to get in there at a fair price. Yeah, I love it. That's fantastic. Uh, Mike, before we go to you, I, I just want to have mm. a quick mention and shout out because uh, I see that uh, Melissa is in yeah. the chat. And uh, so hi from all of us, Melissa. We love you. And uh, we, uh, you know, we're always thinking of Christian and uh, and so glad that you're still joining us because you're, you're definitely part of our football family. So um, after family day weekend, hey, glad you're here. Um, all right, super fan, take it away. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's probably not very well known, but I, I tend to like a bit of memorabilia. What? Um, yeah, I know. Like I said, I, I try to hide it a bit. So um, I always am interested in other fans on things that maybe they've kept as a souvenir or they've gone out and bought or whatever. Do you have a favorite piece of, of memorabilia or some sort of souvenir from a game, a player, football in general? Well, there's this that I keep in my office. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's a beauty. Now, now this is a little bit of a, uh, a connection with you guys because this came from Dave Jameson. Nice. And you guys had a little contest and I happened to be the winner of it. And that was six years ago. Yeah. Seven wow. years ago. Yeah. I remember that. That was awesome. So this is this is definitely one of the things that I really cherish, and I keep it polished and dust-free. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I actually wore it in the video. Is this hat? And this hat has a signature on it. And I don't know if you can oh, see. That I like that one. I like that one. Yes. <laughs> it's a good one, right there. So. Those are a couple of things, but my first year of season tickets came in our little um, our little box. This yeah. one is a couple of years later, mm -hmm. but the little box that extended. And inside that box, I've got a little memorabilia from every game that I went to that year. Very cool. And it's got just something little like the ticket because we had stubs and stuff. Um, the cheer team pins that they sold yeah. i've got one of those um they had the scarves those years the little the head wrap scarves yeah. Yeah. i got that in there uh all of those little things so every game that i went to in that first year is in that box and there's a lot of memory there so 
those That's those are amazing. three things that I keep. Those are my hordes. Nice. <laughs> those are awesome. What year was that? That box. This one that I held up. Yeah, I think I have that one too. That's, that's 2018. Yeah. yeah, that's right, right over there for me. <laughs> right it's more than you would think. Yeah, it's back there. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, so going back to family day, I mean, if I had a family, I probably would have been at uh, the stadium celebrating. Well, I mean, I have a family, but you know, yeah, <laughs> small children. <laughs> Um, but I, th I just think it's great. And especially with the ticket sales and stuff, and it just goes to show like how the Alex and Victor are really embracing what it is to be a CFL family. So coach, I mean, you are a coach and you already have a huge football family on that side. So bringing in the CFL side, what does football family actually mean to you? Football family is anybody who loves the game um there is we where i coach in sylvan lake we i coach 13 14 15 year olds and occasionally we'll get um hockey players who decide that they want to play football with us and i'm not going to diss the hockey fans and stuff they are a breed of their own they're wonderful hard hard cheering people and they do an awful lot for their kids. But what I find is when the parents come and sit in the stands with the football parents, they kind of sit there and the comment I get all the time is, this is different. This is this this is different. These these people are they're actually enjoying the game. There's no stress, there's no cheering that's negative. It's just like they're really cheering on their teams. And when I take that and extend it onto the CFL from Montreal to BC, even out in the Maritimes, when you see the, the that game that's out there, when you see the fans who love their team, that's the family that we look for. And believe it or not, it starts at Adams and Peewees, and that just travels on right through into the professional leagues. Because if you love the game when it starts, when it's small like that, by the time you get to the big stadium, you just fall in love with it. It's just there's something about it for me to see fans from all across the league when they get together at Grey Cup, when they when they sit there and, and diss each other on social media and laugh and then get together and raise a glass to each other. That's family to me. That's what CFL family is. And by the way, there's games that get played during that time. So, <laughs> so again, let's not lose fact or sight of the fact that family is – is what keeps this game alive all across the nation and the more of us that we can get together and and do fun things like that i think we're just gonna that's how that's how this league is going to survive and continue is when the family comes together and and just keeps supporting each other yeah and and to hone in on those the younger generation too who plays football bringing them in and keeping them involved with the elks as well and keeping that generational football fandom alive and I'm, I'm I've gone to some of your games coach and they're just as fun and you're so right like the atmosphere is electric but there's no neg well from my perspective where I was saying there was no negativity all the parents were well behaved and cheering but not uh, toxic yeah yeah very true very true please uh coach as you're talking about coaching these kids please tell me that you like like translate the hype video to live in the locker room before a game, right? Like that's what you do. Like, it's... <laughs> well, I, I might say I'm a little bit different in the coat in the in the in the dressing room. Um, there's a balance that has to come with players. You can't get them so amped up that their adrenaline is running so high that when they hit the field, they don't know what they're doing. And you can't be low so that they go out there thinking, okay, let's you know drag our heels. So there's there's a bit of a balance that plays into that. It's not quite as emotional when it comes to the locker room, but uh, the players know how to get themselves amped up. We give them the chance to amp themselves up. 
Awesome. awesome. Oh, fantastic. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go uh, super fan. Do we have any fan cues for uh, the coach? We do. Um, so let's start at the top here. Uh, Derek Mapstone says, Coach Vic, what is your favorite memory of Commonwealth Stadium? Western final, 2015. Yeah. 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 That is yeah. so hard to beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so not many that are going to be better than that. Here's a moment that happened in that game that I'll never forget. And it's it, it was in the third quarter, and halftime was over. Everybody is sitting in their seats, and I had to use the facilities. And so I, I left my seat, and the concourse was virtually empty, which is odd for Commonwealth because there's always people there. But it was virtually empty. Something happened on the field i couldn't see it and the place roared and this the the ground beneath me was vibrating that's that's how exciting it was and it was that's the moment that's that one moment that i was just chills i was just i was i couldn't wait to get back and see what was going on and if anybody ever gets to a stadium event that's what you'll experience that that's that's the excitement that so yeah, 2015 Western Final. That moment, I'll never forget it. I can't wait for the next time. Yep. Next time. It's yep. coming. Yep. <laughs> uh, so a scout from the Elks Herd wants to know, uh, for Vic, how does living in Sylvan Lake affect your fandom with the double E? It's just a long drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can imagine. Is Is there a lot of people that are... Uh, is it split between Calgary and Edmonton fans, or have you pretty much browbeat all of them into the, the seeing the right way? <laughs> all my players are Elks fans, as they should be. No, no, there's um, uh, th it's split. There's a lot of split in there. Um, I'm I would say that with social media and with the technologies that we have today, being two hours away does doesn't affect my fandom at all. Um, there's some things that I miss that I would like to get to, but they're just too far away. Sure. So, um, any fan days like locker room sales, um, things like that, it, those are hard to get to because uh, it's just a long drive. Yeah. So you're going to, you're going to, you're going to drive and spend $50 on gas to get there and back to spend $300 on merchandise <laughs> to come. You know, it's like, it just starts adding up. Yeah. And then some. Yep. Oh, that's but awesome. I, I, I will say that I will not miss a game. I, I absolutely think that it is my responsibility to be in my seat with my season tickets. That is awesome. And uh, I think a great post, uh, Janice Owen, who uh, does cheer for a different shade of green. I won't say the wrong shade, but, you know, different. Uh, says, yeah. we need more Coach Vicks in the league. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen. I agree. Yes. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. So, I really do appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Chris Agar says, Vic, how excited is TJ to be joining the Central Alberta Buccaneers? So for those who don't know, my son TJ, uh, he played junior football with the Edmonton Huskies. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't played football for about three years now. And his final game in the Prairie Conference was uh, against the Saskatoon Hilltops, and they lost. Uh, because everybody lost to the Hilltops in those years. Yeah. And um, he said at that point that he didn't feel that football was finished. And then over the last three years through responsibilities and work and stuff, he hasn't been able to. And this year, uh, the coach from the Buccaneers, who is a friend of mine, asked if TJ would be interested. And so uh, I gave him a chat and TJ said, yeah, because I don't think my football career ended the way I wanted it to. That's and so awesome. he is he's he's pretty amped up about it. He's pretty excited about it. And as a dad who loves football and watching his son play on the field, I'm pretty excited about it too. So I'll get a chance to see my son play another season of football or more. And uh, the Bucks are going to have a really good team this year, favored, favored to win Alberta and possibly a national championship. So... Nice. Very awesome. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about him being there, and and the head coach is is really stoked about it too. 
Uh, TJ was an all-star, Prairie Conference all-star. He was lineman of the year for the Huskies two years in a row. So he's a he's a good football player. And where did the Bucks play out of? They play out of the um, Setters Field in Red Deer. Okay. Um, they do have a few games up in the Edmonton area. There'll be one in Cold Lake and one in Grand Prairie. Um, just just look up the Red Deer Buccaneers website. They, I, I did post their games on in a tweet of mine. I could probably do it again. But mm -hmm. uh, the Red Deer Buccaneers, that's that's who's uh, that's who I'm following again. So going to be a lot of football this year. Yeah, outstanding. Oh, shucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, shucks. Yeah. I know. <laughs> We feel for you. Um, so Tyler Hill, uh, who uh, I think we're all familiar with, uh, yes. has a, a two-part question for Coach Vic. Uh, what would you change about the CFL if you had all the powers in the world? And what would you never change? Oh, um, as much as people dislike it, and I see that on social media quite a bit. I would never take the rouge out of the game. Amen. Yep. That is absolutely one of the things I would never take out of the game. Um, it just adds a quirkiness. A It adds a, a special touch that you'll never see in any other league that you get a point for missing. Um, and that's okay. Because rouge for the win. I mean, how many times have we seen the team you win by one point? Yeah. And it was a rouge. Or it was like it's it just it's a it's it's pretty spectacular. That's the one thing I would never take out of the CFL. What would I um, what would I change? I don't know. Um, <laughs> pass interference. Pass interference. Ooh, okay. I honestly think that pass interference has become way too soft. Way too soft. Sure. Uh, we watched the non-Grey Cup game last week, and the hand fighting that goes on and the contact that is made, and they don't call pass interference on that because the guys are fighting for the ball. Uh, that's the one thing I think I would really – try and because it would it would create a little more of an advantage for the defensive players i am a defensive coordinator so i do like the defense to have a little bit more but right now uh the defense doesn't know what they can and can't do and it's 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 you can see it on the field because the players are giving the receivers way too much cushion way too much room to make those spectacular catches and uh, and and they can't do anything else because that that is the one thing where i see that the 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 players are the defense just gets called for pass interference way too quickly. Yeah, it almost seems like the coaches have a pass interference play. The offensive yeah, coaches, absolutely, yeah. where they're like, yeah. okay, well, we're going to do this because you know we're going to get bumped, so we could probably call this for if not, you know, pass interference and illegal contact or whatever. So you're going to get that holding call. Yeah, the holding down the field because yeah. he yeah. ran into the defender. Yeah, hundred percent. He's he's on the other side of the field. The ball's going on the right side. And he's on the left-hand side of the field, and they call the flag on that. So it had no effect on the play at all. Sure. Yeah. And and they call it. So that'll get me riled up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Love to see it. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, let's. Okay. Well, why don't we? Why don't we hold off uh, for any other questions till overtime? Yeah. And then, but I, because I mean, we've been chatting for almost half an hour, and we haven't talked about free agency. <laughs> we need to... free agency. Weird. Yeah. Plus, we need to get coach. I, I don't want to get him riled up. I want to get him excited. Um. So let's let's talk about free agency. The Elks making some big splashes on uh, free agent and and the week before. I guess we kind of knew some of them were coming. Although with the first one, uh, we heard about it, and then I went. I'm gonna wait until the they actually say that it's official. Mm -hmm. Um. And it became official. Receiver Eugene Lewis is an Edmonton Elk. And uh, wow. who did any of us think we would be saying that at this stage of the season? Never. <laughs> Not before Never. the uh, Ed Hervey period, no. Oh, coach thought it? Oh, you're so positive. Wow. All right. Uh, now I'm going to tell you why I thought we were going to get a star receiver. Okay. Because people want to come play for Chris Jones. 
It's true. I knew that Lawler was going to be gone. And I knew that uh, Darrell Walker was going to be gone. And I knew that if Chris Jones got in touch with a star player, he was going to be coming. I didn't expect that it was going to be Geno. But I knew we were going to get a star receiver who was going to come in. Yeah, that was that was just massive. And, and I mean, you look at it, you know, yes, you're right. Lawler and, and Walker out, but uh, Eugene Lewis and Stephen Dunbar Jr. in, uh, as long as also adding Swerve, Kyron Moore, um, who knows the system and, and has had success in this system. Um, yeah, I, I can't really be too upset about upgrading your 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 wide receiver core like that. Um and and I don't know if you guys got to see uh, Gino's interview afterwards, but um, and I had heard this from the Alouettes fan, uh, flight deck guys that his his comments were like, yeah, okay, like I I, I believed in myself and I knew I was going to get something, but I I, I want to be somewhere where I can be a part of the team and make the other guys better, and and I really want to make you know this guy better because I'm getting doubled and I want to help with this. And when I talked to G Roy and, and coach Jones, the first thing that they, they did everything that they could for me and my family so that I could be part of that. And I was just like, yes, mm -hmm. great. Um, and you know, coach Jones says, well, we needed a guy that could be a face of the franchise and he's it. <laughs> yeah. You don't no crap. <laughs> uh yeah the uh so kayla do you already have the jersey or are you just uh going to be getting it right away or what's going to go on here yeah. oh i'll be getting it closer to the season just because i think i'm still quite can't believe it i'm okay. still in like are you sure <laughs> i don't want to jinx anything but uh no i there is no way i can't not get it now yeah like it's yeah. just I, I need it now. It's just depending which jersey should I get. Yes, and very true. I wonder, like, will they release any new jerseys this year? No, no, not new not jerseys. New. But no, next year they still yeah. have some contract to do. So, well, maybe, so maybe they could find a way to get to the gold numbers. Maybe that's maybe. what I was going to say. There we go. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Coach well, pointing, right? Exactly. To be honest, I don't really like the Elks here. It's too big and bulky. I like when it's it says Edmonton, and they still have one of the female jerseys on there that has like the Edmonton right here, or then the big EE. So I'll have to make a decision. But yeah, can you imagine though? Oh my gosh, Trey Ford throwing to Gino Lewis. <laughs> the only way you could be more excited is if Vernon Adams Jr. had come here too. Then, oh, yeah, I, she'd be oh. on the field right now, just waiting. <laughs> Oh, just like, come on, let's go. <laughs> just sit in her seats. Guys, out on the field, let's go. TikTok, TikTok. A little puddle in the Get seat. Like... <laughs> oh my. That went somewhere I didn't expect it to. Okay, let's um let's run through the rest of the signings and then we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, how how the Elks did as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um so we've talked about the big 3 receivers. Um they also bring in offensive lineman Josiah St. John who was uh, Chris Jones's first pick in 2016. Yep. Yep. His first year. Uh, linebacker Kevin Francis, who mm -hmm. is a special teams demon as well. Uh, receiver Sammy Coates. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I knew you'd be excited. Another Steeler coming up this right. way. Um, kicker Michael Domagala. Um, uh, defensive back Hakeem Johnson. And then a couple of quarterbacks, uh, Felix Harper and Vinny Testaverde Jr., which uh, I'm sure <laughs> threw you name. for a bit of a uh, uh, loop. Hey, Superman. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, at first they said me to I'm like, how old is that? Oh, junior. Okay, junior. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was a little surprising. And they actually signed someone else today, too, which is again a good reason we moved to Tuesday night so that we don't miss those extra signings. So absolutely. Yeah. Deontay Sykes is back. He was here uh was it last year? Last year, uh, but, but was gone before the main camp. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, we'll see how uh, he turns out. And they also re-signed Toby Antigua back. Yeah. So I, I was happy about that. I thought that he was Big that time. uh he he was that you know um the guy who could play any position in the defense like it, we, <laughs> he played we saw safety safety <laughs> <laughs> like wow he has played 
what's going on here? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that was fun. Um, they also made a trade. Uh, offensive lineman Jesse Gibbon that we got uh, in the David Beer trade last year goes out to Montreal for a 2024 second round pick uh, that they are talking about the depth of the 2024 draft being very good. Uh, and then, well, wait, before we get to the last bit of the releases, I, I, I want to see how does everybody feel about these signings and is there ones that jumped out at you? So coach, We've already talked about the receivers, but uh, but what did you think overall for free agency day for the Elks? Yeah, that was that was a big day. Oh, that was that was pretty spectacular. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it from a coaching perspective from the from the Jeez. other side of the bench. Um, you can get the best players, you can build the whole team, but if they don't join together and form that team you're going to have some struggles and i've seen the interviews of the, of the players that have come in um i've seen some of them that uh, morley's talked to dave's talked to it's it's exciting because their reaction their response is we want to make this team better we know where we're at we know where this team was last year and we feel we can it, contribute to this well they're saying all the right things so um, John Tortorelli was asked about the hockey players, the, the rookies that were coming to camp, and he said, well, they look good in suits because he didn't know who they were. He said, well, they look good in suits. So, so I'm going to just say that about those players that we got right now because we do have some history. We know they can play, and they look really good. They all look really good in an Elks jersey. So – Let's get them on the field and let's see what happens here. My one concern is, can the quarterbacks get them the ball? Mm -hmm. That's fair. That's mm -hmm. fair. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Commissioner, let's go to you on uh, the rest of free agency day. Yeah, I, I mean, I was on a high, so I'm pretty biased about my opinion. I was like, oh, this is amazing. So, I mean, I, I mean, I think it was great. I really enjoyed watching Kyron Moore on the writers when you know he played but it's still like he was fun to watch and i can understand why they swerve it um but I'm, I'm very interested now to see how training camp will go especially adding in another kicker as well uh, so i i hope there's going to be some really good competition like well we saw last year in training camp and then um a few surprises in the kicking game kind of occurred but yeah i mean i'm 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 freaking excited. I'm excited. I I, I want to see this team actually come together and, you know, what Gino said in his interview, come to fruition. I just, I that's that's all I want. I just want a team that acts like a team and they're just a brotherhood. So I think this is one step closer. And with Jones at the helm, like, despite what we think, then now in the future, how other people view it, players will want run through brick walls for that guy. And that's, only in our benefit yeah absolutely absolutely all right super fan what do you um think? well i think one person i was uh, intrigued about is is michael domagala mm -hmm. um we were wondering after john ryan retired who was going to be our punter uh the only people we had we had three other kickers one national and two um global players out there that hadn't really been tested very much i mean they'd gotten a little bit of game time but not a ton Domagala's at least got a, a decent average. He had that 82-yard punt last year, mm -hmm. um, which I thought, uh, you know, is is something that we really need, someone that can play, especially someone that can do um, kicking uh, field goals, kickoffs, as well as punting. So that's great in case we get to the point where uh, uh, Sergio, um, you know, for whatever reason can't play in a game. We've got someone that can back him up, which was really, really useful when it does happen. Um, but I was really impressed by how much in the last you know call it six weeks we've improved this team not just free agency but before mm -hmm. that with um uh when we signed uh luches purifoy uh we mm -hmm. signed ac leonard a couple of weeks before training uh sorry free agency started um i think that we have improved virtually every area of the field um the only thing i'm not 100 percent sure about is still offensive line I would like to have seen that. I mean, there's not a lot of them left now. If you look at the free agent tracker, not a lot of offensive linemen left. Um, so we're going to have to see what we do maybe in the draft, and maybe that's why we're getting these extra picks. 
Yeah, that's very true. Um, and at least they know Josiah St. John coming in. And, and I know what Chris Jones was saying in his interview is, you know, it's a guy we know. I, I can't do the accent, otherwise I would try. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a guy we know. He goes, but he finally gets pushed out to tackle. And maybe that's where we should have put him in the first place and right. left him. And so may, maybe that's where they see a benefit there too. So we'll um when uh, when we talk about the releases here right away, which were both Canadians, um, Ante Milanovic Litre and Malik Tyne um, going out. Litre one little weird, just extended, mm-hmm. then released, but um, obviously had to move some things around when they had the yeah. once they knew that they could get these other guys right. So sure. um, so I'm thinking that they're looking for another, you know, on the cheaper side, American running back that can uh, come in behind Kevin Brown and uh, do that job. Yeah. Um, coach, you talked about, can the quarterbacks get the balls to them? <laughs> that was, can the quarterbacks throw them the ball? Let me reword that title of the podcast. Um, I, I'm curious just uh, from your coaching perspective, because it, it, as my fan and, you know, podcaster perspective, like at the end, the last six games of the season, we really saw corn dog kind of start to take steps forward. We saw him start to, you know, be able to not throw that fourth quarter interception. We saw him, uh, you know, use his legs more often and, and guess have some success with it. Um, do you think with another off season with him knowing that he's going to be the guy next year, that, that makes a big difference i i think it would be and we have the receivers now that as long as he can get it kind of within five yards they'll catch it yeah we're gonna we're gonna go back to spring camp last year and the little amount of time that the quarterbacks had to look at an offensive playbook and Mm -hmm. the little time that they had the little time that the players had and early in the season you could see that there was a disconnect between the two but as the season progressed, and you just alluded to it, in the last six games of the year, we saw some really positive signs showing up in our quarterbacks. Uh, I wish Trey would have had a little bit more time. He was injured. That that took a lot of time out of it. But I am really curious, and that's the one area I really want to see this spring, is what a full-off season with a playbook and with the coaches and with the players what a full year of being under this coach's guidance, what that's going to do for our quarterbacks. And I can think it's only going to be positive. I really think it's going to be positive. We're going to see some some real dynamic coming out of uh, Cornelius and Trey Ford and whoever else they bring in. I, they're going to have to battle really hard to remove those two quarterbacks. I think they're going to be in really good shape. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like that for sure. Yeah. Um, and we can see um, some comments here in the in the chat with Janice Owen saying that uh, she was agreeing with Chris that Francis is a great special teams guy, uh, which is a, a big deal for us. But also uh, Swerve being able to return kicks, as Chris was saying, because that's what he was talking about is that he wanted that chance to do that, too. And and uh, he boy, I tell you, he when he did that interview, it's like he was just vibrating. He was so jazzed about all I'm going to return kicks and I'm going to catch and they're going to give me the ball and we're going to, it's going to be amazing. Like, I just like, okay, yeah, that's, I can't wait to have him on the show because he's, he's got a lot of energy. It was amazing. So, um, all right, well, let's take a, uh, a quick break, switch over to super fan Mike for some horrid and tell. Are you ready for that super fan? Yeah. Um, uh, sort of a short one here. Um, and something that's a little old, a little new, I guess this time. Um, so, um, some people out there maybe know about, um, the 2009, um, season we did the sixties retro look, um, and all the teams did a sort of tribute to their sixties teams. Hmm. Uh, we had that Jersey with the, uh, gold on the shoulders and upper arms, uh, with the E on the sleeve. And that was sort of a, a tribute to a very short period where we had a Jersey that was, kind of similar to that um (laughs) i've always sort of liked that look and i discovered a place called royal retros which is an american company but one thing they do is custom jerseys um i showed one before i have a charlie turner that's got that Mm. 1970s kind of look with the uh, two white stripes on the shoulder and then uh, surrounded by the two gold stripes 
Um, so I wanted to get that one, but I always wanted them to do an actual 1964, 65 Jersey. So I contacted them and asked if they could do it. And they said, yes. So I got, I think a player who I've been stumping for, for many years to get him on the wall of honor. And so that's the Jersey I'll be wearing this year. So this is what it looks like. Hopefully you can see that there. Yes. So I'll show the sleeves. I was going to say, yeah, you got to show the sleeves. Those are so awesome. Yeah, hopefully you can see that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's um, – if I could even see it so I could see it myself. There we go. There's the E on there the sleeve. There we go, yeah. They had that sort of diamond pattern. Uh, and this is number 20, and that was worn in 64-5 by a guy named Jim Longon Thomas, um, who is one of those guys that in the years where we sure didn't have a lot of sizzle, uh in our games he no was the offense for edmondson at the time for pretty much the entire 1960s from 63 on to 1971 when he played with the team uh there's an old joke that said the offensive playbook was just three plays long gone left long gone right and punt um <laughs> and he still holds the record for longest run from scrimmage and the number two longest run from scrimmage and the number three longest run from scrimmage in Edmonton football history. Um, I think that I'll, he sold probably more tickets than anyone else through that decade. And I think it's just about time he went up on the wall of honor. A lot of people probably don't know him, but there's an opportunity to really educate people. Um, I've spoken to his daughter recently because uh, he passed away a few years ago now. Um, so it's not a chance to get him there, but I, I think his family would love people to come up here and see his their dad remembered and honored as the best way they could and that's put him on the damn wall of honor yeah Ooh, absolutely spicy. absolutely i 100 percent agree and that is a beautiful jersey super yeah the colors are right and the look is good and um yeah anyone is interested just let me know just go to royalretros.ca a custom jersey of any style as long as it doesn't have a logo that would be copyright is 85 dollars us wow that's including numbers. That's a great deal. Yeah. That is hard to beat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it looked it looks amazing. It looks yeah. amazing. I love the short sleeves too. Like the Well, this is the three quarter yeah. length sleeves. They, yeah. they ask how long do you want the sleeves in inches? If you want, like you can specify exactly how long. I just said three quarter length. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that's the numbers are sewn on, like it's really well done. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And gold numbers should be great. Gold anyway, numbers. Yeah, that's a not to harp on that too much, but I no do. harp on it. Yeah. No, I like gold numbers. Can I have gold numbers? How about some more gold numbers? There we go. Can I get a Eugene <laughs> list with gold numbers? Gold there numbers would be go. great. Gold numbers. Right across Maybe Scout can help you out. Yep. Gold numbers. Okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, my. I could go on that forever. All right. Let's get to our next topic, which is free agency across the CFL. Because uh, not only did the Elks make moves, lots of other teams did too. Um and uh, there was, I think there was, you know, this is the best time of the year, right? Because there's, everyone has hope. <laughs> there's new guys, there's new things to believe in that this is all, this is all going to work out. Um, watch out. Everybody's finishing first or second uh, after free agency, right? 18 and 0. That's right. Oh, sorry. And a great, oh, wait, wait. We're too north for that. That's right. Um, <laughs> But, but, you know, uh, some teams did really, really well. Um, so, um, Coach, did you did you pay attention to some of the other teams and what they did in free agency as well? Yeah, a couple of teams that I'm, I think, really loaded up for Hamilton and Winnipeg. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Think, well, Winnipeg kind I of just loaded up by re-signing people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring it, bring it, bringing their team back together again. But Hamilton... Hamilton looks really, really good. Um, I, I think that there's a couple of teams I'm a bit concerned about. Um, Montreal is going to be an interesting, an interesting year yeah. for them with the league taking over. And BC, now that Nathan Rourke is gone. And Ryder, Ryder Nation, I mean, I love you fans very much. We're family, but I think you guys have got some work to do there, and I I didn't see much happening there. So, 
I, I was actually but impressed by how much Saskatchewan brought in. Yeah, me too, actually. Saskatchewan brought a lot, in, like, and big names too, like Trevor Harris, Weineke, Dron Breskison, uh, Godber, and Philip Blake on the O line. Like, they, they, they addressed some of their needs for sure. Now, are they going to be coached to be able to play together? Mm -hmm. I think is the is that the question you're going with there, Vic? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's and that's fair because we we it's really don't know how that's gonna go, right? It'll be similar to Hamilton, right? We don't know if these guys can play together. We do know that they're gonna at least get one major penalty a game, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you, Chris, Thank you, Mike. Mike Edwards is there, so that's good. Well, Chris Perfect. Edwards and Duke Williams. That's true. And Simone Lawrence. It's like the how it's wow. I, I think the over under on uh, on objectionable conduct has got to be like two and a half for every game with Hamilton, right? Like it's got to be. The signing after Chris Edwards was just funny alone on Twitter. <laughs> the reactions, I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> all those Hamilton fans like him now. Yeah. <laughs> interesting interesting uh commissioner any uh any other teams that jumped out for you for free agency day no not really i mean i i think hamilton's looking pretty tight and strong and jaguar davis and earthquake you like that's pretty exciting yeah. settings for me like yeah yeah that's what it is we love earthquake you so yes yeah. of course always rooting i want him to have success except when he plays green and gold yep yes Fair. What about you, super fan? Uh, I was just sort of amazed by how much um, every team seemed to really load up. Even Montreal losing as many players as they did just based on the situation they were in. Um, still managed to get some solid players out mm -hmm. there. Uh, Greg Ellingson saying that's where he wanted to go with Cody Fajardo and Jason Moss there. Um, uh, Caleb Evans, I think, is a really solid backup quarterback. So mm -hmm. I think they're going to be a lot better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Um, yeah, I mean, Winnipeg didn't do a whole lot other than their own players, but some of the best teams never have to. So they're going to be just as tough. I don't, I just don't see a free space in the bingo card this year. I think it's going to be a lot more parity, and, and I think we're going to, every win is going to be well earned. Yeah, that's very fair. Yeah, and to, to actually go back to Montreal, just watching the interviews with uh, Cody Fajardo, it actually was really sad, but also, um, I guess, positive. Just the way, how excited he was to go to Montreal. It's sad because of how he left Ryder Nation and how, like, let's be honest, like, that was pretty brutal for him. Um he had to go off Twitter because of it, like, right? But just to see his enthusiasm going to Montreal, I mean, I'm not a huge Fajardo fan. Him and as a, as a person, he looks great. But it was sad, but also very exciting to see him excited, so excited and so full of positivity going to Montreal. So it'll be interesting. And my soft spot for Montreal might be shrinking a little bit just because of all the players that are, like, leaving. <laughs> but it's still there a little bit. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Um, one team that I thought was kind of sneaky good um, and is not getting a whole lot of mentions is Ottawa. Um, yeah. Wes Hills coming in at running back, uh, Shaq Evans, Drew Desjardins on the offensive line, Javan yeah. Santos Knox, Carriel Brooks into the secondary with a healthy Mazzoli. That that is a. I thought they did really well for filling mm -hmm. some holes. Yeah, absolutely. Lee, Lee, like Lee signed with them too. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think uh, you know I, I, I like what they've done there, and if they can stay healthier than they did last year, that you know last year we were talking about Ottawa moving up in the standings. Mm -hmm. Maybe they will this year. Like I, I, I really like those moves. I was, I was really happy for them. It's injuries is always the big equalizer, right? Yeah. Tell us about it. Mm -hmm. How many did we have last year? Oh, oh my. Well, we all want a healthy Mazzoli, so let's just put <laughs> All the fans got injured just going up and down the stairs last year. <laughs> that, was, that was how that went. Um, sorry, Coach. I was so negative. I, it's Commonwealth is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. We love it. What? So so we I've heard every team but Toronto and Calgary. Yeah, I thought Toronto Calgary also did some good stuff too. 
Calgary yeah. was pretty quiet here. Yeah. But they always are. They, this year, more than normal, though, because how, how much did they lose? As I mean, they brought in House Hauser, which is a great D lineman. Like, it's a great ad that way. But they had to. But but that's what I'm saying. Like you lose Bane, Sindani, or Milade, Thurman. Like yeah, a lot of big names going out and and not as many coming in. So, uh, but I'd never write them off just because you know it's Calgary and they. But they have a new GM this year, right? Yep. They but they find guys on rookie deals that can just mm-hmm. light up the league somehow. I don't I don't know how they keep doing it, but they well, do. Oh, and them. didn't Toronto just sign Enoch Mwamba today? Yep, sure did. Sure did. That's yep. pretty cool. Yep, they are they are loading up again. I'll give uh, their big question mark is MBT though. Mm-hmm. Are yeah, they, they going to the middle of March? Yeah, are they going to have a quarterback that'll help them? I don't know. Or are, are they you, putting it all in with? Are Mr. you guys Kelly? comfortable if it's all Kelly? Yeah, I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, <laughs> I, have no, no I don't know if Toronto fans are comfortable with it, but we're fine. Several yeah. are. That's fair. Okay. Um, well, I'm excited. There, lots of hope around the league. Um, I, I'm excited. Like you said, Mike, I think this just brings more parity. We, there's nothing that's just like, oh, this is going to be an easy game. So that's, that's yeah. a good thing. A uh, couple of important dates that are coming up on the CFL uh, schedule so that we are aware of them. Um, uh, of course, the first one being West of Us on March 11th at first round yes, downtown. Sir. It's a very important CFL date. If you're a CFL or Elks fan, uh, make sure that you are joining us for all of the fun on March 11th. Little plug. Uh, Also, Combine is coming to Edmonton on March 21st through 25th. Uh, I have those days off and I'm hoping to partake. I'm just waiting to get to some scheduling and all those types of things. Uh, But uh, if you're coming down, then let us know because we'd like to hang out and see what you think of the Combine. Uh, I have never seen one live, so I am super excited to see what that's going to be like. Yeah. Coach, do you do you ever watch any of the combines or anything like that, just from a coaching perspective, as you watch these young guys? Uh, not not really. Um, is uh, I, I I actually find them interesting, but really, it's how many bench presses can you do? How high can you jump? How fast can you run forty? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Can you play football? Can yeah. you catch a ball? Can you block? Have you got good footwork? Tell tell me tell me you know how to play the game. Show me. Show me, show me, show me. Uh, so yeah, but the combine is so exciting for the players who get there. Yeah. Because they're that close to being drafted. Yeah. That close. That's that's what's exciting about it. So from a completely off the field point of view, I want I would go and I'd sit and I'd watch their parents sitting in the stands. Just, just watching their parents, how how nervous they are for their kids on the field. That would be that that would to me would be exciting. Oh, that's cool. okay. Well, now I know what I, I'll I'll pay attention to that. Um, but I I, I know I love the one on ones, and in the last yeah. couple of years they've expanded it right where they now have, you know the uh, they have. O and O and D line one-on-ones, but then they also have the, you know, linebackers versus slot backs. And then they have DBs versus receivers. And, and it's, it, it's just really interesting, especially when they start calling out guys to go against one another. It's, Oh man, this is going to be interesting. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that stuff. So March 21st through 25th, um, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, The draft of course is May 2nd. um, And that of course means that we are right around the corner from training camp. uh, May 14th. (laughs) But who's counting? Me. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be awesome. All right. Um, so those are the exciting things that are coming. Um, uh, I'm excited to take part in all of those with all of you. Um, well, this was amazing, Coach. Thank you for joining us to talk about your fandom and about um, the hype videos and all the positivity that you bring. We love it. We absolutely love it. Um, tell everybody where they can find you on socials and all those types of things. Okay, um, probably the most dominant one is is Twitter for me. I uh, and it's uh, Slobo- at Slobodovic, uh, Coach Vic, on Twitter. 
Mm-hmm. Um, then Instagram is my other one, and that's Coach Vic Sylvan Lake. Uh, so those are the two that I'm really active on. Uh, and then everything that's on that is tied to my Facebook page. But <laughs> my Facebook page is mostly just retweet or re uh, resending memes that are funny in my my case. So I'm <laughs> the old. best jokes like, though. Like the them. best jokes. They're funny. I, yeah. Exactly. That's right. It's just I'm a different way. Like Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we still have Facebook. I can't say anything. It's all. Yeah. It's, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, Commissioner, where does everybody find you? On Twitter at Duchess Lombardi. Hey, I still have Facebook too. So do you take, wow. take that with what you will? <laughs> all right, excellent. Uh, I'm not on it, but I was gonna say <laughs> you're super active. Yeah, exactly. Super. Yeah, super fan. Uh, you can find me at Fifty Six Parkies on most of your socials, and then the uh, history and horde stuff you can find uh, also on most of the socials at uh, EDM H I S T O R double E. Wonderful. Uh, of course, you can find me at Free Delicious. You can find the show at the Turf District, and that is on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So, see, there you go, Coach. We're just like you. It's how we met. It's true. It's That's lovely. right. Uh, so, yeah, make sure that you uh, join in the huddle with us there to chat all things football. Uh, of course, a shout out to our friends at Pay It Forward with Football, uh, doing great things to spread kindness, as we all should. Uh, and so make sure that you're following them and helping out where you can. Um, stick around for uh, overtime, which will be coming right away. Uh, but uh, if if you're not able to, that's okay. Cause uh, you know, you can always watch it later. It's allowed. That's fine. Uh, but you can also download the podcast this week, uh, share it to all your friends, tell them how amazing it was to listen to coach Vic and, uh, and how we all want to be positive like him. And this is where yes. you get that feeling is from listening to the coach. Um, so for uh, otherwise, if you're going to be here in a minute, we'll see you in a couple of seconds, but uh, uh, for Coach Vic, Commissioner Kaylin, Superfan Mike, I'm Andrew. Remember, you can't catch footballs with your face, and we will absolutely talk to you in a few weeks. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.